While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. That was New Bedford Lights, Grace Ferguson. They do a lot of great work over there, and they've got a lot of great reporters. Um, And so uh, I really enjoy having them on to talk with them. Uh, I really really enjoyed having them on to to talk with them. You know, I talked with... Obviously, Jack has his uh, segment with Tim every Monday, um, but I... um, you know, enjoy, uh, you know, my interviews with Will Senna, who does a lot of great work on the waterfront. Um, I really like Grace Ferguson's reporting, so that's why I wanted to have her on. And, uh, you know, I've had Arthur Hirsch on a few times as well. Um, and so, uh, org is how you can check out their work. Uh, I think they do a good job. And they're able to do some of the stuff that, you know, we don't, it's good. I, it works for this program because, you know, this is sort of the, the long-form discussion program, right? South Coast Tonight. At least that's, I think, how Chris and I have structured it um, for the, the long-form discussions where there's time and space for it. And so when you've got those these type of sort of sprawling uh, stories on important local issues, I think it's a good format to, to host, the, to host uh, the reporters and, and to discuss it. So... 508-996-0500 so you can get in the program. We'll also take your message on the WBSM uh, app chat. If you want to send me an app chat message, uh, feel free. But we've been talking about, you know, in the first hour, I discussed the RCA, um, the uh, RCCA, which is the Addiction Recovery Treatments um the Addiction Recovery Treatment Center in um, uh, a company. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Recovery Connect. Recovery Connection Centers of America, something like that. Um, they're a chain of recovery, uh, you know, addiction recovery centers. And as you heard in the, the the newscast, you've heard in the newscast, you heard in the first hour, they have been uh, federally indicted by the Rhode Island uh, by by um, by the Department of Justice. Uh, the charges were brought forward by Zachary Cuna, 
who is the U.S. attorney for Rhode Island. Now, uh, U.S. U.S. attorneys are um, U.S. attorneys for people who may not know. And you know, I don't I don't want to patronize people, but I think I always assume people know. Like I know this stuff because you know I I'm a lawyer and I cover politics every day, but I don't want to assume too much, right? So. Um, the U.S. Attorney's Office, for people who may not know, uh, you, each basically each state has their own U.S. attorney. Some states have multiple U.S. attorneys, like New York has a bunch of them. Uh, New York City in itself has like the Southern District of New York, which is one of the biggest ones. Ru- Rudy Giuliani, I believe, was the, the prosecutor for the Southern District of New York. And then there's Eastern District and, and whatever, other districts. Um, so some states have more than one, but over here in New England, I believe every state has its own U.S. attorney. Um, and ours is Rachel Rollins, who is the former Suffolk County DA, and Rhode Island's is Zachary Cuna. And so the they're the federal prosecutors assigned to each state or region of a state. So in Rhode Island, which is where the company was based, they had a Providence, they had a, a Providence headquarters, um, and they had centers everywhere. They had some in Fall River, Dartmouth, uh, Taunton. Um, they were up in Roslindale, up in Boston. They were on the Cape in Hyannis. They were all over the place. Um, they have been federally the CEOs, the CEO and his partner have been. Uh, who's been, uh, I guess, apparently dubbed the uh, five-minute queen for her ability to rush um, 45-minute consultations through in five minutes, uh, have been federally indicted on fraud charges. Those fraud charges include... uh, Those fraud charges include um, accusations of, um, like I said, billing 45-minute consultation sessions as five-minute consultation sessions, uh, stealing patient information um, to bill to um, fraudulently bill uh, both private healthcare providers, Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, there um, apparently there's uh, allegations that they obstructed justice. Uh, as well, uh, that the CEO, Michael Breyer, has also been charged with obstructing justice. What we do know is that the, um, what we do know about the, um, what we do know is that the, uh, the CEO, Michael Breyer, has been previously convicted of federal tax on on federal tax invasion uh, uh evasion uh charges so he is already a convicted felon um so uh they were basically billing these you know they were billing all of these and it was so brazen as the US attorney said they were just billing all of these 45 minute sessions which were you know per day which you you know I think anybody anybody would look at and say well how are you getting there's literally not enough time in the day. There's literally not enough hours in the day to do this. And so, and so Breyer's $2 million home in Newton was seized. His two cars were seized. He was, his, um, his, uh, his, um, the Providence headquarters for, RCCA was seized. Breyer was also accused of issuing Suboxone un- under another physician's name. 
Uh, he is not a, he's not a physician, by the way. And they both uh, were charged with working and billing Medicare and other insurance providers for more psychotherapy sessions than there are hours in the day. So there are some, a lot of people that are receiving, there are a lot of people that are receiving help from RCCA because it is a pretty big company. And by the way, if you're in Massachusetts and you're receiving help from RCCA or you know someone who does, they can go to helplinema.org to try to ameliorate this issue um, of trying to, they, if they want a, a bridge a prescription or they need uh, behavioral health referrals because RCEA, you know, they're, their their Medicare billing has been blocked. Uh, they are essentially right now not functional as an organization. So there's going to be some providers that are going to there's going to be some uh, a lot of people who are going to need to seek other providers for their addiction treatment. And I think again, I've said this in the first hour. I think there's something really awful about taking people when they're at their lowest moment and seeing an opportunity for profiteering that is that uh, opportunity for profiteering and not an opportunity to help people. Those things aren't always mutually exclusive, but it seems like most of the time they are. Uh, in a situation like this, maybe something like addiction treatment can't be, cannot be um, a private business because we're seeing the consequences of that. When you have a private, when you have something that necessarily should be a public good, like addiction treatment, or a lot of healthcare services, and you insert the motivation to turn a buck, then that motivation is always going to be master to the service that they're supposed to be providing. Why wouldn't they have those 45-minute counseling sessions? Why would they only have them in five minutes? What other reason could it be? It can't be for benefit, right? It's not beneficial to the people being serviced that it's five minutes instead of 45 minutes. It's saying, it's not saying, oh, we're, we're actually looking out for the patient by doing this. No, it's because they can make more money off of it. If they do it in five minutes, they called her the five minute. They called the, 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 the person who, who did these consultations, the other, um, indicted co-conspirator here, they called her the five minute queen, the five minute queen, because she was able to see people so quickly. There's really something pretty sick, uh, about taking people that are vulnerable and using and seeing, uh, an opportunity to exploit them for such immense financial gain two million dollar home in newton two cars that's just what we know about right those are just the expenses we know about so they were going to establish a methadone clinic in new bedford good thing they weren't able to um so that they don't further victimize people that they've already victimized in this region so the fact that they have some uh, services available in Fall River, New Bedford means that there's likely people in this listening audience that are receiving treatment from RCCA. And for that, I mean, that is terrible. But you can go to helplinema.org 
to get the to get the bridge treatment that you need. 508-996-0500. Someone's asking if um okay, so someone's asking for podcast links. So, and we've gotten these texts we've gotten these messages before. If you want to access the podcast, literally go to and this is important. You can go to um wbsm.com. So, I'm just telling you just so you have uh there's people asking me and there's people that asked me before. Um and you can go to wbsm.com. You go to listen. Go to listen on demand. If you want Barry's show, you go to the Barry Richard show. If you want South Coast Night, you go to South Coast Night. You click on it and it's there. It's there for you. Everything will be the every hour of every hour of the show will be there. So it's all segmented too. Like so if you're going to listen to let's say my interview with Mayor Mitchell uh, on if you want to listen to my interview with Mayor Mitchell yesterday, you can go to you can go to South the South Coast Tonight podcast on WBSM.com. You can find it there. My interview with Grace Ferguson just now, an hour ago, or not an hour ago, the last hour, a few minutes ago, uh, that'll be uploaded soon. So we try to upload them pretty quickly after they air. And so so they're almost immediately available after the show's over or even during the show. Uh, you can go find them at WBSM.com. If you have the app, it's probably the easiest way. You just click the app. There's right under the main, you know, that main store, the, 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 the side scrolling stories, the headlining side scroll. Right there, you'll see podcasts. You click that, and it's the whole, it's all of our shows, the entire podcast library. It's the entire podcast library that you can access right there. And so you can click on the Barry Richard Show, South Coast Night, Tim Weisberg Show, and you can find what you want. It's probably better if you know what hour, the specific thing you want to hear, or if you just want to listen to the whole thing. Again, it's all there, the day, the time, the day and the hour. Um, I add headlines, uh, which I think is unique to the daily shows. We have, Chris and I, we have headlines in our podcast. So, but I always put at the end, you know, whatever it is. You know, March 2nd, 2023, hour one, hour two, hour three, just so you know. Uh, you can also go to, if you have an iPhone, you can go to Apple Podcasts. If you don't have an iPhone, you can go to Amazon Podcast. You can go to Spotify, anywhere where podcasts are offered. You can access the podcast. Literally anywhere podcasts are offered. So Apple Podcasts, sometimes if I'm listening, I I usually use the app, but sometimes I'll have Apple Podcasts too. Um, you can download it on Apple Podcasts. You can download it on Spotify. And by the way, if you're able to download our podcast, which I encourage, it does help us out a great deal. So it helps out. Our podcast here at South Coast Night is doing so well, and we appreciate that. The more you can... If you haven't downloaded it yet, if you want to subscribe to the podcast and download, it is it 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 goes a long way for us, and we really appreciate it. So, so just because we've gotten messages about podcasts, 
that's where you can go. You can go to WBSM.com. You go to listen. You can go to use the app. You can go to podcast or you can go anywhere where podcasts are offered. Apple, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get all of our shows. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. New Bedford's News Talk Station. Hey, welcome back to the show. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. First question. How are you? Good evening, first of all. Uh, is Chris McCarthy okay? He hasn't been on all week. Yeah, he'll be he'll be in tomorrow. He should be in tomorrow. Okay, that's that's good to hear that yeah. he's okay. I mean, I just talked to him uh, like ten minutes before I went on the air. So okay, okay, yeah. that's that's good to hear that he's okay. Uh, it looks like the uh, clinic story is uh, is over by the, the greed of this person. So it looks like yeah. that's that's in the past. Good because I don't think anybody wanted a methadone clinic on Union Street. That's good. Yeah. But your your second story. Uh, about the taking of titles by this company yeah. allowed by Massachusetts law. Uh, you know, Marcus, you seem to be a guy that doesn't like injustice, and I, I'm just surprised that our local or our state legislators haven't taken up something to try to change this state ordinance that allows these people in a legal manner to take uh you know people's houses who might have some uh you know tax problems well we talked a little bit about that grace ferguson does have a story about that how there has been some bills filed by um mark montigny and rep cabral's co-sponsoring legislation as well to try to end this practice uh, and basically set treat it like a mortgage foreclosure in which Mm -hmm. you know if you do have back taxes you could lose you know, you could lose your home to a foreclosure, but you won't lose all of your equity. Yes, yes, that, that would that would seem to be more equitable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there was an elderly lady down uh, Fort Rodman whose family had owned a house for so long, and uh, I think she was on an age, and she lost the house. And I think some lawyers tried to come to her her aid and get her some money for the house. Uh, but I think what they got her basically, uh, even you know, the best with the best trying was a pittance. I think it was only like about nine thousand dollars that she got in yeah. some settlement, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that was on your radio uh, show too, and uh, all over WBSM. De- uh, De- Deborah Foss was her name. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that 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 story was you know uncovered last year. Yeah, she was sleeping in her car. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as the French would say, ce, ce n'est pas juste. That's yeah. not just, you know. Right, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the state legislature could get all over this and change this law because what this gentleman is doing is, is to me, in a way, as bad as what the, uh, the drug person was doing, only that he's doing it uh, legally, but the green. Basically. And the avarice is still there. Yeah, it's it's legalized theft. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's one hundred percent legalized. And theft. again, I think you said this went on from two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen. Yeah, um, to, from that's what she that's what she had said. It went on from two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen. And, and yet here we are in twenty twenty three, and I guess the law still has. Uh, the you know, it's still not been changed, so that this gentleman, uh, if I can call him that, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, to right. do this. What's that? 
Yeah, exactly. If you can call him that gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. You know, so uh, I, I would just hope the, the the light would follow up with this and uh, try to approach uh, the state legislators, not only our own, but around the state to to make a law that's more just that some people would well, get. Well, I know they have. Um uh, you know, she's got a piece on that, but I think uh, it's incumbent upon probably all of us to continue to follow up on that story mm -hmm. um, because, uh, as she had said, it, it has failed in the legislature twice now. Oh, jeez! Right, yeah, <laughs> two different. It seems like it seems in, like a no-brainer. In two, in two, in two sessions, oh. which means that's you know, four, last four or five years, right? So um, make it sound make it sound like some of our legislators are getting kickbacks from this guy or something. Uh, <laughs> supporting their uh, I'm not saying our local guys, but uh, yeah. supporting their campaigns or something. It's well, there's always there's always lobbying efforts. Anytime there's a legislation like that, there's always going to be there's always going to be lobby there's always going to be lobbying efforts against it. But for it's sure. so obviously unjust that I, I it I is. Can't, I can't see anybody wanting to accept any you know dark money like that. I guess you'd call it. Uh, uh, to put into their campaign, you know. Yeah. Uh, the other question I have for you, because I wasn't able to get to your program last night uh, right away. I was out to dinner, and I got, got the rest of the program. Shame. Uh, well, Shame. I, I have to eat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I heard the mayor discussed his conversation with Ryan Pereira. Mm -hmm. uh, what was his? What was the gist of his uh, take on it? Well, I think so. Just for people who don't know, there's some background. Okay. Ryan came on Friday. Uh, he had had some ideas about how to deal with increased um, foot and vehicle traffic and the activity in the south end because that's where all the beaches are. Uh, and he had this summer plan of action, and he had a, an idea for a beach advisory board, which he wanted to be like yeah. a, a, a municipal government-appointed body yep. that would advise the park board, yep. Uh, yep. board of park commissioners. Yep. And Mitchell said, essentially... There's nothing stopping you from creating a beach advisory board mm -hmm. now to do to to advise the park board. Mm -hmm. uh, just doing that on your own, starting a community group, and he felt as though I remember he had said he didn't have the time to do that. He wanted that basically New Bedford to organize it, I guess, as a function of the government. He said a lot of towns in the a lot of cities and towns in the or a lot of places in the Cape have yeah. beach advisory yeah. boards yeah. that are governmentally appointed. And Mitchell just said, I don't know, you know, basically it was sort of an, I don't know what exactly you want me to do. You could do this. You know, he just suggested you do it on your own. Now, Ryan had said he called my ideas dumb and Mitchell said, no, I didn't call his ideas dumb. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that was basically the conversation, um, you know, he, that he, that he said he was just like no i he had an idea i said you can carry out that idea great you can carry out that idea on your own nothing stopping you from doing that you know mm -hmm. we have a board of park commissioners you want a beach advisory board you can start a community mm -hmm. group that that was his that was his take on it mm -hmm. i will say i'm part you know as a park commissioner in fairhaven. in fairhaven there is there is there is an effort a similar effort by the select board here um to make another like park advisory board mm -hmm. uh <laughs> we didn't respond super kindly to it, mm -hmm. uh, especially in our position because we were elected officials. Mm -hmm. we were like people elect us to to um, you know to be the park commissioner, so that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it could be a position. It could be a situation which maybe because board of park commissioners are established by state law, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so they, they you know that every every city and town in the Commonwealth, mm -hmm. for people who don't know, has to have a board of park commissioners. Mm -hmm. So maybe there could have been a, a situation in which Mitchell had 
um, a conversation with his border park commissioners and found it to be, and they maybe they found it to be an attempted usurpation of their um, of their statutorily granted authority. Mm-hmm. You know, but even though if they have statutorily granted authority, they should listen to the people I of agree. the city, not only that area down the south end there, okay, which I think is elite to some extent, okay, but. I I don't live down there, but I try to you know avail myself of that area sometimes just to go parking down there in a the car and reading the newspaper or something like that, um, you know, and re- relaxing. Uh, th- there should be input uh, from you know the people. It's just like the closing of the uh, Hazelwood Park Senior Center. Uh, again, there was no transparency there. Uh, the, the person who runs the council on the agent, I heard she's a very nice person, said we ought to do this and. I think first, before you do that, you hold a meeting of the people that go down there and say, look, we're considering doing this because there are not too many people going down here. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? You know, I think you have a responsibility to do that. And again, uh, my way of the highway, uh, no. You know, uh, I, 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 that's his approach with the, the park board. Uh, with the elderly people down there at the uh, Hazelwood, uh, you know, Council on the Agent. Uh, to me, I think that there should have been a little bit more uh, advanced warning that we're thinking about doing this. What is your input? And then if they want to say, well, that's we're still going to do the same thing, fine. But uh, the, those elderly people, no matter how many of them are there, I don't know. I, I'm elderly, but I don't go there, and I'm close. That would be where I would go. Uh, th- th- there's no transparency. It's just I'm doing this, and that's it. And that's what's wrong, uh, you know, and, and that, I think, is, is a good part of the problem. And I think Jack Spillane has pointed that out, too. Okay? Yep. And I think that's something that the mayor could probably, uh, you know, try to modify, not just say, no, Buffett is my sandbox and you play by my rules. Um, yeah, you know, I think that, like I've said before... Representative government requires that. Well, yeah, and I think I've said before, like, his um, reported... Uh, rigidity uh, has come from multiple people, so yep. it's yep. it's difficult for me to say that it's cut from whole cloth. Um, I will say, in a particular, like we've said, discussed before, uh, there are situations right now in which I think he and rightfully feels that he's completely in the right. You know, like the well, vote admissions does, thing. I'm sure he does. Yeah, like the vote admissions <laughs> thing and the and yeah, the and, and, I the, think on that and, and the pay scales and the pay and the. Yeah, and the pay raises too. Yep, yep. So there's definitely yep. those situations in which he feels as though he's completely in the right. Yep. So, but I think an advisory board uh, about the beaches, uh, you know, isn't you know really stepping on his park board's toes that much. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to the people that you represent. I agree. And the same thing goes with the elderly people down there at the uh, Hazelwood Park uh, Council on the Agent. To me, I would think. What they want to put there would be much better put for people that need daycare down, uh, you know, Fort Tabor where they have that big hall there where they would have all the room for, uh, you know, daycare and leave Hazelwood Park alone. I'm sorry, not Hazelwood Park, Wentwood Park alone. You want room? You got plenty of room there right, right. across from the, the military museum there. Uh, so, again, uh, not having dialogue, uh, you know, with people even though if in the end you want to exert your executive authority and say, no, it's not going to go there, it's going to be my way, all right, but at least I think you've got a you know, uh, responsibility to let the people speak before you make a decision and hear what the people have to say. You can disagree, but, you know, 
It's like the kid that has problems in school. And it's not just one teacher. It's every teacher in school. So who's the problem? Every teacher in school or the kid that has the problem? That's what I see the right. man like. He's got a problem with Mark Montigny. Okay, he's got a problem with every city councilor. He's got a problem with the council on the aging. He's got a problem with having an advisory board. He's the constant factor there. I don't know if he's got a problem well, with again, every uh, to, to, city council. He's stepping on his toes and he can't do what he wants in his sandbox, that sort of thing. You know, he's right on some things. Like, yeah, he certainly was right about, you know, the methadone clinic. And I think most people in Riffa didn't want that. And he, then when he appealed to the council to give him some support on it, on something they could agree on, they don't want it because he's... He's ticked them off, okay? Or they ticked him, or they, 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 they I don't know, maybe reverse, I don't know. But again, you've got to have more dialogue here and uh, more of a sharing of, uh, of ideas. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not, again, he's like the kid that goes to school and has a problem with every teacher. It's not just one teacher, it's every teacher. And I'm right on all these things. It, it doesn't seem to, seem to follow. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I understand. Like I said, I, I understand. I, I do think that there's probably he's probably not all to blame for the, you know, the sort of reported dysfunction in in no, in, he, in, he in relations. No, he's done well in calling your station and being on your station, and he's out politicked them. There's no question. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, if these people have a problem with them, they should be calling your station and asking to give their point of view. Well, there's well, eleven I, Here's the thing. That's you know? kind of the issue. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Right? right. So some of them do. Some of them. Some of them do make a regular regular appearances. Some of them just completely ignore. Yeah. Uh, any request for comments, That's and right. then they and then they and then they, they, they pit, and then they piss and moan. Yeah. They frankly. complain. Yeah, they, yeah. Like you know, like the Ward Four Council that called uh, that said we're minions and and uh, called our reporter a little man. You know. I, there's been several. We have all, on multiple occasions, reached out to 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 him and asked him for comment on stuff. And is not, he's not other, never responded. Watching him the other night, he doesn't seem to be like a person that easily talks before a group. Even though it is, you know, his his talk was derisive. Yes, but he he he's not a Brian Gomes. Put it that way. That that can get up there and you know. Give his give his ideas. Well, out Brian's Brian's a veteran. Or, He's or, been there. For, or, or Linda Morad, who yeah. can give me so another another to, another veteran. Yeah, yeah. So he seemed to be a little uncomfortable saying what he said, even though it wasn't good what he said. Okay, that yeah. sort of thing. But again, uh, there's one of the mayor, and there's uh, going to be eleven councillors. I think that's the right number. So if you have a problem, call your station. I'm sure you guys will all let them on. You know, I always do. I'm sure you will. Yeah. And then you can have a real, uh, you know. Uh, well, that's what I really liked about what Ryan and Shane had done. Um, they, you know, they reached out to me. Actually, they have been good for, for, for freshman counselors. Yeah. they show a lot of promise. Yeah, and they're like, we got to inoculate ourselves from this that nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you so. know. If I was a mayor, I would be trying to talk to them and, okay, you want an advisory board for the beach? Yeah, to get somebody on the council on my side. You know, uh, no one accomplishes everything in a democracy all by themselves. You, it, you have to get support of other people. That's part of the process. I think you'd agree on that. Yeah, 100%. And uh, so, well, all right, thank you for letting me have more than my two cents. And uh, Anytime. I, I, I wish you the best, uh, and, and, so, and, and Chris, too, as well. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. take care, guy. Thank you. All right, we see some calls on the line. We're going to take a break. Uh, 508-996-0500. We'll get to your calls when we get back. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. 
Have your voice heard right now on South Coast Tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500. Just got uh, an email. Actually, apparently tomorrow there's going to be a protest for New Bedford High students um, after Ward 3 City Council candidate Sean Oliver was elected. Um, so there... Um, it's uh, New Bedford High LGBTQ students that are going to protest outside of New Bedford High. Um, and it's regarding the post that Sean Oliver had. Uh, they, they had found of Sean Oliver a few days before uh, the election where he makes some, you know, share some dispar- uh, memes that are definitely disparaging of uh, of members of the uh, transgender community for sure. And, um, you know, like, uh, there was one where it was, uh, um, I guess what appeared, what is supposed to be uh, a man in, uh, drag or a transgender woman at a urinal. And it says, uh, you know, when you, when you regret voting Democrat, um, so, Sean was elected on Tuesday. Uh, the New Bedford High students, they uh, apparently have a, um, the LGBTQ students in New Bedford High say they're concerned about it. So I just got the email. I'm going to read through the whole thing. But there is going to be a protest um, tomorrow from 12 uh, around noon at New Bedford High with New Bedford High students uh, after the election of Sean Oliver. New Bedford High uh, for people who may not know, is in Ward 3. So I just got that news. So wanted to bring that to you guys. Good evening. You're live. Yeah, I got a question for you. Sure. The pond in Buttonwood Park, at one time people could swim in that. Mm-hmm. When did they stop swimming in that pond? I know it's polluted now, but there was a time when people could swim in the pond. You know what? I'll ask them. Um I think Scott Lima may know, so I'll, I'll ask him. He's the he's the he's the Buttonwood. I think he's he's Buttonwood Parks in his ward. I know he's always doing stuff with the with the geese over there and stuff. So I'll ask um I'll ask Scott because I'm not I'm unsure of when that became a uh, hazard. Or maybe someone in the audience can tell me. So yeah, I'm not sure. it looks like uh, from what I see, the pictures were from way back, like early 1900, early 20th century. You're talking maybe the 1920s. Uh, I don't think. I would guess probably by the 60s they weren't swimming in that. Right. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I, I'm unsure. Honestly, I, I can. I can probably get the answer to that when that became uh, inha- uninhabitable by, uh, by by humans. I can probably by find humans, that out. exactly. All right. You have a good night. Thank you. Thanks. Marcus. No, no problem. So tomorrow there's going to be a um, tomorrow there's going to be a protest at New Bedford High, um, New Bedford. Uh, so here's just the, the it's a press release. It says MBHS peaceful protest. I'm just going to read it. Uh, this is really interesting stuff. Um, on March third, twenty twenty two. Today. Tomorrow, yeah, so that's tomorrow. On March 3rd, 2022, from 1240 to 240, the LGBTQ students in New Bedford High and our allies will be exercising our constitutional right to peacefully protest. The LGBTQ community and women 
and women were the recipients of hateful, homophobic, transphobic, misogynistic Facebook posts from newly elected Ward 3 City Council Sean Oliver. When confronted, Oliver said, I guess we're doing something right. That statement has let us know that these are, two, that these are his core beliefs. Thousands of students and teachers spend six plus hours in the war in Ward Three each day, and we should be uh, we should be feel safe in the neighborhood that educates us. I'm going to read the typos too, uh, just for just I don't want to sound like I'm paraphrasing. So if there's a, if if I sounds weird, it's because it's a typo. I'm going to read the typos too, just because I want to be exact. Instead, we feel threatened and completely unsafe by the counselor and the people who voted for him. We research and learn that the elected adults in New Bedford were silent and never spoke out at our condemned Sean Oliver or uh, spoke out or condemned Sean Oliver's posts. Why? Who is really protecting us? Not the SROs that are represented by the New Bedford Police Union, a union that continued to endorse Mr. Oliver at his social media after his social media posts were revealed. So here we are standing united with each other because the adults in charge failed us. We have the right to live our truths without fear and hate. Oh my God. Uh, so this is some, this is some pretty, this is some pretty some, there's some powerful stuff. Um, so these are our demands. The New Bedford Public School Administration and New Bedford Police Department must not impede on our right to peacefully protest. Keep your distance from protesters. Every elected official in our city must individually explain why they chose silence over hate. Every elected official must individually condemn Sean Oliver's social media posts. Every elected official must condemn and, and uh, condemn hate uh must condemn hate and violence towards women, LGBTQ, and BIPOC communities. As leaders of our schools, the school superintendent Thomas Anderson must adhere to number one. He also must condemn Sean Oliver's social media post and explain why he was silent uh, when the New Bedford Police Union supported hate, which trickles down to the students. Remove SROs out of our schools. The New Bedford Police Union and the New Bedford Police Officers can endorse hate. Our LGBTQ students uh, and, and, and girls slash women safe. The South Coast LGBTQ Network must make a public statement explain why they were silent. To be fair, the South Coast LGBTQ, LGBTQ DQ network to be fair was not silent uh they called into this show um i don't know if there's any other public statements but the president andy well uh i shouldn't say that he said he didn't speak for the lgbtq network so uh i take that back he said he was speaking for himself he was the president of the network so i don't know if they were silent on that he wasn't the president wasn't but he wasn't speaking in his capacity as the lg uh, uh you know as president of the LGBTQ network. So um, they uh, must make a public statement, explain why they are silent signed the student body of new Bedford. So, wow. Uh, that email was sent to a lot of people too. So very interesting stuff. We're going to follow. We're going to be follow. We're going to be tracking that tomorrow. Um, I'm going to take this quick break before we get to go, but this is a story we're going to be tracking tomorrow and into Friday night. So you're going to want to stay tuned tomorrow. You're going to want to stay tuned, tuned Friday night to South coast tonight. If you want to hear everything, a bombshell report. New Bedford High students, I just got that email, are going to be protesting um, the election of Ward 3 City Council candidate Sean Oliver over the Facebook posts that he had posted that, that had been discovered prior to the election um, regarding uh, some memes that were disparaging towards.